and try not to look at this too much. Does but this I, mean it's... Could I be looking at Yes. That? Well, look at me. But you're over there. Well, I know I'm over here. Anyways, hey, here we are. I'm trying out a new format for a show. Uh, everyone tells me it's really annoying to live stream to Facebook, so you're welcome. So this is what we're doing. 2017, started yeah. off on a high note. I think I think, I think I'm going to put this in as I call it the Cote Show. And yeah. uh, we're here for a team meeting at Pivotal. Hopefully the audio's working. Uh, yeah. And why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Josh Long. I'm the uh, spring, I'm a Spring Developer Advocate on the Spring Team. Uh, uh, open source contributor, lead nuisance on the Spring Team. And now you've been you've been around here a long time, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I've been at Pivotal since day zero and doing the same thing in the Spring Team for years and years before that. And as we've established, you did not write a book on JSF. No, I, I no, I, I, uh, <laughs> how, I thought you knew me better. I thought you liked me. What so did you, I do to you? you? You are like one of the primary people who, who goes out and talks about Spring and like tries to like, and, and from that respect, guide a lot of, of what, what should be happening here. Now, I, I, I have a very... Let's start with a very focused question. Okay, okay. So I've heard a lot about what the... Is it React or Reactive? I don't even... I don't know. What, what is that? So not the web framework. Yeah. Or, or whatever it is. Like, let, no, let's start with that. Because like, I think there are two things yeah. that start with the RIA right. that people talk there's, about There's nowadays. three, actually. There's RIA, okay, RIA. Okay, okay. Returnit Applications. Oh, the O's. Right. Yeah, okay, that's let's, different. Let's take that off the yeah. table. And then there's React.js... Which is nice, but then there's reactive programming, and that's not a new concept. But um, uh, Spring is uh, Spring Five is coming out this year, uh-huh. and with it, uh, sort of integrated support for for building reactive web applications. So reactive web app. What's a reactive web application? Well, there's been for a long time in the bottom of your stack and in, in the operating system in the kernel the ability to uh, to uh, dispatch I/O to a like a descriptor. Uh-huh. And then, uh, and then the the kernel can actually manage those descriptors waiting for events from the I/O stream, and they can they can notify your code of that activity. So the the alternative to this is you have blocking I/O. Right. I open up a file, I put that read action in a thread, and the thread sits in the background. That thread costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of resources. You know, you talk yeah. two party bill in AWS. So so if I, if I'm in like right now. That doesn't look so good. Oh, we'll just ignore it. We'll okay. see what happens. It yeah. should be recording locally too. Okay. And I'm looking at my my activity stream. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's a new thing that shows up in there. Right. That's some sort of reactive thing that's going on, right? Because Maybe. if I because well, in in theory, the yeah. browser is listening for new events happening, and right. then and then through some mechanism, uh, something happens on the back end, and and a message is sent out that says like, here's a new thing. And then the yeah, UI decides kinda. to do something. Like yeah, that. but I mean, just go low, go way low level. Think about right, just right, reading right. a file. Yeah. Normally, you say I'm going to read a file, and then that line executes, and you're stuck. The program mm-hmm. doesn't continue until you're done reading. Uh, so one, so that's that's kind of a bummer because it may take, take may take five minutes, it may take an hour. Right, right, right. So imagine being able to background that. Well, okay, you, you create a thread in most pro, most programming languages, and uh, that thread sits there, but it's still happening. There's still that thing yeah, that's yeah, reading. Yeah. You you can, unbeknownst to most high level programming users. Move that I/O activity to a, a to a select call, basically in the low-level operating system. So, so it's 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 a it's a it's it's a philosophy of coding that ba- that that basically says we should do things in an event-driven, asynchronous yes. way rather than a single thread that blocks until it's done. Right. Because just just to explain, the opposite of this is at the beginning of your block of your process, yeah. like everything stops and pays it. It's it's like right. a single way of doing it. It's, right. Whereas this is multitasking is the wrong word. 
but it allows you to more efficiently do more stuff yeah, all, all together by, instead of instead a, of hoarding a resource. Exactly. You're 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 moving the I/O dispatch. You're moving the job of managing all that I/O to the kernel, right. which has some magic that it makes it able to do that. The benefit is that our code doesn't have extra threads hanging around. Now, I'm remembering many years ago, I got a briefing from some little startup, and yeah. they were kind of like, they wrote like the reactive manifesto, right. and like, yeah. who, who, what, who was that? So that, that came out of, uh, nowadays it's light bend, nay type safe, right? That was yeah, that, that's right, right that's right, yeah. that's right. Because, because at a lower level, they use whatever, is it Erlang? or They, what, they, they, they were inspired by Erlang, yeah. and they now have something called the uh, their, their, awesome. their whole origin story is yeah. all about this type of thinking that's a very event-driven instead of blocking, because it comes right. from like telco equipment where in order to be efficient, you can't do blocking stuff right. or something. I don't know. Exactly. Well, right. so Erlang was interesting not because it was reactive, but because it uh, had a focus on type of, uh, they, they had thing called OTP, which is a, an actor system. And that's orthogonal to reactive. They happen to pair well, well together, which is why uh, there are some folks who love and appreciate their right. flagship technology, which is called ACA. So we got the over-contextualization right, of, yeah. of that. Now, now, what's the third one? Third one. You said there's what, RIAs. Which is not what we want. And there's reactive. No, there's react.js, which is also what, not what we want. So that's a whole other. Right. Okay, so and then in the, the Spring is, world, so how do, what's going on with Spring and all Well, of so this? now we have, this, we have reactive support. We have a project... Uh, called Reactor, which is an implementation of something called the Reactive Streams. It's not a, it's not standards body certified, but it's a de facto standard uh, that was it was built uh, or designed with the participation of Lightbend, uh-huh. Nay, TypeSafe, uh, Red Hat, the Vertex team, uh, Pivotal, of course, in, in our Reactor project, uh, and um, RxJava from from Netflix. Okay. So these are all all four of these are companies that have. Significant investment in reactive uh, programming, right? We have programming models supporting reactive uh, uh, sort of design, and that's been, you know all these companies have spent the last better part of the last five years at least building and investing in this space. So we, we standardized a common subset of all the things you, you know the, the the jargon, the the basic nouns that you have to think about when you build a reactive system. Those are standard standardized in the reactive streams uh, standard, de facto standard. That work has now become part of the JDK, so Java 9. Oh, really? Yeah, so inspiring and so so obviously useful that it's now been uh, put into Java 9. It's not out yet, but it'll be part of Java Util Concurrent dot Flow. Uh, and so that, they call it flow. Yeah. Or, okay. Capital F. I mean, that, that's a that's a good metaphor for what you just described, right? Because it is yeah. a bunch of flows of stuff. It's data flow. Exactly. You're taking yeah, yeah. data. You know, the output of one thing becomes the input of another. And the, the question becomes, if I stitch together, you know, standard in, standard out, standard in, standard out, if I have a deluge of data coming from one component and it goes to another component that's taking in the data, yeah. uh, what happens if I produce faster than I can consume? Now yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So you need, you need, that's what you get into in a microservices world. You have a system where you have a lot of components talking to each other over the network, yeah. possibly going faster than downstream components. So the question is, how do I meter that? How do I... Uh, Control. Push back. Yeah. So, so, so let me try to summarize two things at this point. One, I still am going to get the name wrong. The, the whole reactive idea is more than just a UI thing. It, it can be on the back end, or the. the but, yeah. but uh, I, I mean, I sort of fixate on UI stuff. I, yeah. I don't know why. But it's it's uh, so we've got that. So one, it's more about uh, how you do the process handling, and it, and it's and as a subset of that, this is kind of yet another attempt to get programmers good at multi-threading or asynchronous oh. thinking, which it's not, this, yeah. Well, I should say asynchronous thinking, and and I would almost say that multi-threaded stuff is to some extent 
a subset of asynchronous thinking, which yeah. programmers or humans are infinitely, are, are infamously in that way. Like, they're really bad at concurrency. And I like to... Th- I like- Enough, this is enough. what we're trying to yeah, avoid, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's specifically what we don't I, want. I, I mean more of the event driven asynchronous right, thing. Yeah. So, so there's that. Second, I would assume that this way of thinking become, it comes into, to, it's uh, very handy if you have sort of like a microservices way of doing it. You got things. it, yep. Because what you're talking about, and this is what ESBs were supposed to do and probably do do, whatever. Is, I thought we were friends. Yeah, that's right. Is, is, uh, you said uh, supposed to, right? Is, yeah. is, is, is it, it's, it's, uh, you're trying to have a decoupled way of coordinating a bunch of things. So. Dealing with IO. This yeah. Is, yeah. So wh- whatever, I don't know what you reactive people call the bus, but the flow. Yeah. Th- let's call it the flow or Java spaces. That's what I was trying to remember the other day. Yeah, I remember the Java space, spaces. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. So there's this, this let's now. call it a space. Yeah. There's a space where like all this stuff is happening. Genie. And yeah, G- that's the one I was G- trying to remember. J-I-N-I. J-I-N-I. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember that the other day. I was talking with someone, and I was like, remember in the early 2000s, there was this weird Java distributed thing? And, and unlike a lot of Java projects back then, it actually had a real name that had lowercase letters yeah, yeah. on it, not just, anyways. Pull one out for sun, man. Yeah, yeah, anyways. Pull one out for sun. So you've got this area where all this, this information is coming in, whether you want to call it a bus or a space or a flow, whatever. Yeah. And, and, the, and the way, the reason it's decoupled is if you're interested in what's happening there, you just kind of latch onto it and you suck out what you want. Right. Instead of being involved in, in a locking process. Flow. Right. It's not synchronous. I'm not temporally right. and locationally coupled. And, and but that's, the, you're just describing event-driven architecture. Yeah, right? yeah no, exactly. But go, low, go lower level. Think about I.O. That's sure, specifically sure. what we care about here is I.O. Because other, if you have a long-running CPU-bound thing, then that still is a thread, right? Mm, but specifically, mm. if you think about a lot of what we're doing with data migration from one node to another, that's I.O. And, and so, so then and maybe that's also what it would be doing in the JDK is it, it also, you could take this approach not only in an application layer, but down at, down at a system level or something. Yeah. Like, is, yeah. that, is that the idea? Yeah. Uh, so the, for, as an example, if I'm building a REST service and, uh, and I, I have three different services, one service calls another, which calls another, uh-huh. there's a possible deluge of data that might overwhelm the middle node, right? And I need to be able to yeah. meter that. I want to yeah. be able to buffer that and say, okay, I push back. I'm not ready to accept any more messages. So with REST, it's traditionally I, rec- I pull. Uh, you know, I, I pull data from the REST service, not push, right? Right, right, right. Um, uh, or I can send data to the REST service, and the REST service uh, accepts the request. But it, it has, yeah. uh, you know, what we need is to be able, the ability to say, I can only handle so many re- messages at a time. Just like with messaging, right? right, right Stage right. event-driven so architecture. You have some policies you can enforce. Yeah, right. queuing basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So reactive gives you gives you the ability to think about it, think about I/O specifically I/O in that same way to say instead of me uh, being deluged with a thousand requests, I'm going to take ten requests at a time. I'm going to queue the rest. I'll I'll push back. That way okay, I can guarantee okay. that my downstream components, the things that are after me, don't uh-huh. get overwhelmed, right? So right. That's so, called back pressure in reactive. So, so, so that that would be part of the uh, the flow or whatever the framework flow is control. that yeah. is that uh, I only want you to send me ten of these things at once or five of these things at once or or five. I need to have a way of throttling you got like it. like whatever you call it the back. Exactly. So, so then okay, so then that makes sense. And and so I I, I realize you've already answered this like three times. So how? How would you say that it's different or adds on to or has more... What's the superset of it versus just an event-driven architecture? It's, it's so when we talk about reactive, uh, in programming, 
in programming languages, we have there's a. It's very easy to think about three out of the four following quadrants. If I want to get a value, just think about code. If I have a method that returns a value, and I return one value, one object, one thing. Yeah. Let's call that t. So I have a synchronous method that returns a t. Uh huh. Okay. That's what I have a synchronous single value. Now, if I have a, a synchronous multiple value, I return a collection of t. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if I have a asynchronous single value, that's a future of t. It's an object that I can interrogate to ask its status on that object. Right? Yeah, I, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a wrapper. It's a, it's a promise in other languages. A future of t. Yeah, a future of t. Uh-huh. The t is the object that I want to return, uh, but it's not there yet. It hasn't been materialized. What I have is a promise that it will eventually materialize. Right, right, right. You're so waiting I, for a t. Exactly. Right. Uh, and there's, some, there's even more specializations than that. One is, one is called the completable future. That's in the JDK. Uh, and you can, ask, you can use that to say, uh, you can say to the, that future, I'm not going to constantly ask you. I want you to tell me when t is available. You can say, I want to add an event listener, so to speak. Okay, when, and then, but then what, is that, what does the future of T do? The completable future, well, the future of T is just a, it's a, or, it's or, a box okay. that has a git method. And okay. it, when I call that, it blocks, waiting for the T to arrive. Got it, got it. Okay, okay. But, so, but it's so, much more useful to say, call me when it's here so, instead. So, so that's blocking when you do that. Right. Okay, okay, that so, makes sense. Someone's taking a picture of God. Yeah, well, it's, for, I think it's... For his glory wall. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that was that the amazing Mr. Right. That was the amazing body anima. Uh, okay, okay. So, so you, you've got a normally you would have you would have like traditional uh, programming thing where you're, you're a synchronous call that returns one to one to two one to n objects. Right, right? that's a collection. But it's it's again this is the blocking thing. Okay, well, oh. and, and then you have a future t, which right. is like tell me when you have something, and then you have what do you call it a completable? Uh, so yeah. Well, okay. When we talk about future and completable future, yeah. they both are the same thing interchangeably here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a box that tells me I have one object that's going to come out, that's going to be materialized in a minute now, or an hour. Now, now, in, in my simplistic way of thinking, I would think that an event-driven, uh, an event-driven architecture is that completable future T. That's part like, of it. That, yes. that seems like how an event-driven architecture you got works. It. Yes. Now, the question is, what, what what do I do if I have n objects? That are asynchronously going to be materialized. Maybe I have a million objects that I don't right, have right, yet. Right, 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 right. It's not really, a, you're not doing a completable future there, right? You want right. to, so this is where reactive programming is. So open ended future. Exactly. I'm going to have, a, it's going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to be barraged with data. I don't know how much data. Mm-hmm. It's infinite, potentially. So now we need a different way of thinking about it. We, we can all think about those first three. That's pretty common. JavaScript yeah, yeah. has promises, Java, Java has uh, uh, futures and completable futures. Uh, you know, most, most languages have synchronous and asynchronous variants there. The, the last column, though, the asynchronous multi-value uh, return, that becomes uh-huh. a question. How do you describe that? And that's where reactive, the Reactive Streams initiative comes in. It provides something called a publisher. The publisher is an object that will dispatch value. Yep, yep. And how that new value gets produced is... And then that's where you enforce the, uh, the metering of you got your, it. your, what was it, backwash? Back pressure. Your no, back pressure. Ba- <laughs> backwash, yeah. Um, okay, okay. So, so maybe an answer to the question is, is an event-driven architecture is a concept. Yes. Right? Whereas what you go through reactive framework is all of the norms enforced in code and right. also the administration of how it's used. And control flow APIs. That's for, right. For low-level types. This is not about right, right. And, 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 and then all the helper stuff you would need right. for various data types and various things like that. So, so uh, a reactive framework is an implementation right. of, 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 of an event-driven architecture idea. Yeah. Right, right. For, and, and the question, of course, becomes, well, okay, now I've got a return value from 
this method that returns a, a stream or a, a publisher of multiple values, uh, and it may be a million. And I've also got another stream, a publisher from this method. And what I want to do is I want to you know, wait for both of them to finish. Right. Or I want to take one value from each as they arrive and merge them together. I want to zip them together. This becomes much more, you have much more complex kind of control flow issues. You can't just, it's not like a declarative program where you say, I'm going to wait for the return value of the method and yeah. one line after another. I have to do both concurrently and asynchronously. So you need control flow operators. That's what the reactive, right. and, so and, reactor and in particular provides. And then I that. guess at some point you get into a, a dangerous trap where, what do you call the, you have the publisher. What's the opposite of the publisher? What's the, the name of the entity? Subscription. That, the subscription. Yeah. So, so you have you have the you have the thing that's waiting right. on T, right. and then I suppose you can get into a, a, a problem now. where then you have T's waiting on other T's. You got it. Trying to coordinate with other T's, and there's probably something in the framework that makes sure you don't just like core dump because right. you've got too many like circular things that result in madness. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, callback hell, which is right. which is ugly. So there's operators there to say when the value comes from this. Call this. You know, I want to chain these things right, together, right? right, right. right? And, and, and then there, there you could have like a, a death by recursion thing right. at some point where you're constantly blocking on blocking on, on and, so, and blocking is yeah. the wrong term, but right. you're constantly waiting. waiting. You're yeah. waiting for a future that never comes, right? So and and then you can't if you need three things to create the future. If each of them are waiting on it, right. they never they never can get it, the time to create the future, so they're waiting. It gets very hairy, right? right. Especially if you want to make sure make make two concurrent independent calls and then wait I mean, for the I results. Mean, not, not to be too offensive, but yeah. it's sort of like the uh, messianic blocking. Right, like you, you're like blocked on on some future happening that right, probably right. won't happen. Yeah, exactly. Because I like sort to of. consult people. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> um, and anyway, so that's low level, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now Spring Five. This is all stuff that you can do in Reactor. Our pro, our project Pivotal's Reactor project, which we've uh -huh. had for years and years. Right, right. Uh, in Spring Five itself, we've now um, surfaced reactive these reactor types and the reactive streams concepts in our web framework. So now you can build Spring MVC or Spring uh, web-based applications, web-tier web applications uh, right, that right, now right. serve REST APIs and do service and events and WebSockets that are end-to-end -end reactive. So, and you also have a reactive client. Yeah, so yeah. I can say, call that service, and as a, if the service is going to you know, service and event me a million records, I can dispatch on the client. Instead of doing a select Got all, it. so to speak, and, and blowing my buffer, I can stream the data back as I get so, it. So before we wrap up with the final topic. Well, and there's also Spring Data. Oh, right, so right, now right. I can do reactive inter interactions with so, so databases. The point being, you've got all these other Spring Framework things, and you can take the reactive model and apply it exactly. to and the then, existing frameworks. So now, databases, web tier, all yeah. the way back to I.O. And then this gets to, to, to the penultimate question is, so we already said one benefit mm -hmm. of why you would want to do this, which is you can have a decoupled architecture, which means you can have a microservices architecture. And then the benefits of that, it's sort of like insert microservices benefit here, which right. is essentially... Uh, the gamble of microservices is that in the long term we won't have architectural deadlock leading to the inability to evolve our software. Right, and, and we have and a, some a, other stuff. And though. we have a, a the cognitive dissonance of having to if we have a one system that calls another and it's synchronous, it's much easier to read, but it's yeah, very yeah, hard yeah. to guarantee. I mean, I'm, I'm summarizing it from from my yeah. my perspective. Like the business value of something is like I, I don't really give a shit about making your life the programmer easy. I give a shit about how your output. Gives me a sustainable way of making money. Yeah, that doesn't and, fall down all the right, time. Right, right. And yeah. my idea is like one of the the the, the simplest worst case scenarios wow. you can have with software is we ha we've had this for five years. We have so much architectural debt that we cannot evolve it. Right. So now we need to spend all of this effort on on rewriting it or just dying. 
And my, that, one of the things that microservices hopes to address is to slow down that eventual like calcifying of your architecture by Turn it around. blah 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 blah. Anyways, yeah. we don't need to get into that. So, sure. Now, what are the other benefits? Of, that, that, of, of a reactive approach, like I'm guessing performance, like there's some sort of performance benefit, or sort of, or it's about manageability or comprehensibility. Like, comprehensibility like what, what, what are some of the other benefits? Yes. Comprehensibility and scalability. Now, this is a very interesting point. When it comes to performance, let's say I've got one consumer and one producer. Uh-huh. The cost of using reactive programming for a single transaction between a consumer and a producer is probably going to be more expensive than if I just did synchronous I/O. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've got one thread, my computer can afford one thread, uh, and I'm going to just stream the data back, as opposed to the context switch implied by going to the kernel and doing a select call on the low-level I/O and yeah, sending yeah, all yeah. that back. Yeah. If you have a million users, however, right, which is what much more hopeful. That's what the optimistic, you know, uh, server half full, the server half half full uh, use case. Yeah, we all want a million. That's a good problem to have. So if you have that, and you have a lot of long-lived I/O, you're sending back a lot of data. In this case, you can't afford to do anything else but reactive. Okay. Because I don't want a million threads. I want a million file so, descriptors. So is this like related in any way to like serverless Lambda stuff? Not really, but if you understand the ideas of... Because, because it sounds like your subscribers, yeah. those could be serverless things that are sure. just sitting there. They get called by the, uh, right. called by the, the publisher. So that's event driven, right? Which is still yeah, yeah, yeah. very useful. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But but that could be plugged into there. Yes. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you can. Tell Again, I mean, I keep focusing on the event thing, whereas like it seems like a lot of the value is the publisher side that's coordinating all of this stuff and and, and the maybe, consumer. Right. So so you can have an event driven architecture with reactive stuff. Yes. But it, they're not they're not directly equivalent. Right. right like, yeah. 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 Okay. When we talk about event driven, I think a lot of people think about messaging systems and high level or ESPs. high level primitives, or or just even messaging flows. <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a Part of the fledgling no ESP movement. Oh uh, yes. I don't know if you know about that. We I, I helped start it back in 2010. Uh, when I, you wrote that JSF book. No, I didn't do that. Uh, lies, lies, and slander. No, I I um I, I'm I, I've been a long time contributor to a technology called Spring Integration, mm. which is which is an integration technology. Uh, but instead of having a central server where you wherein you uh you 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 have all the state about the flow of data through a system, uh, you can hang a little messaging adapters off right, the side right. of your Java code. And okay. that's event-driven. So you have adapters. You can say, I want to talk to Twitter or XMPP or MQTT yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. But uh, That makes sense. All right, so yeah. last question. Yes, sir. I always like to end most of my podcasts with like a recommendation. Now, it doesn't have to be just anything. In, yeah. in any realm of your life, Yeah. what's one thing that, that you like that you would recommend that people should look at? Oh. Or, or buy or do or drink or eat or experience? Like, what's a recommendation you want to give? Can I do, like, multiple? Do, sure. Okay. I'll give you a stream of... Uh, so... Start that Spring.io if you want to try the bits. We would love feedback. Spring 5 is still gelling. We're going to release it before sure. the summer, I think. Uh, but uh, feedback is always welcome. So start that Spring.io. Choose Spring Boot 2.0. Then, uh-huh. you can, then you can try the reactive bits, and you can try reactive Spring Data, Mongo, or whatever, you know, these other projects. Uh, uh, spring.io forward slash guide. You'll find uh, easy to use, sort of 10 to 15 minute long introductions to all these different topics in terms of Spring. Uh, and of course, uh, I'm working on a book called Cloud Native Java for O'Reilly oh, yeah, with yeah, my yeah, buddy uh, Kenny, yeah. uh, our team member. Uh, that'll be out in due course. Uh, well, yeah. let, 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 me, let me guide your recommendation yes. here. Like the first thing I remember about when I when I saw you yeah. was was over a uh, some Google Hangout. Yeah. And I remember for whatever reason, I always focus on weird details. I remember seeing the dish towel hanging from your stove. Yes. So my question to you. Is is like how would you recommend people go about selecting a dish towel? 
Oh. And and it just what what's do you just like do you just suddenly end up with one and you're not sure how you got it or like I'll give you my answer. Here's here's Is that your idea of a bad night? Here's here's what I would recommend. I don't exactly do this, but like basically if you go to IKEA, yeah. they have like a pack of white dish towels. Oh. And in my ideal world, I would just buy like four of those packs of four every year, right? Because yes. the dish towels wear out and they oh, get they dirty. Do. Yes. But so so what's 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 your scheme? What's your recommendation? I'm lazier than you are, so I won't even do that. I'll go on Amazon and oh, choose a yeah. pack of four. Okay. And and just have it asynchronously shipped to me. Right, right, right. I I don't care about socks, underwear, and dish towels, and towels in general. These are things I would happily. I mean, in general, they're just different sizes and cuts of the same thing. Exactly, and and I want black and boring, or you know, gray. I don't I don't have any. I don't care. So so a dark color. That's what you go for. Or dish towels. No, just the same color. I guess I want consistency more than I want variety. Okay. See, some people like variety. They want to have like a lot of right. Okay, see, so there you go. That's your recommendation. I have this and and a thousand spring shirts. Yeah. This is the only shirt that I have that doesn't have the word spring on it. Well, good. Well, yeah. thanks for joining us for, our, for my first experimental like a live broadcast. It was fun. Yeah, it was, thanks you, for having you're, me. You're like the first. You're the guinea pig on this. So if if you enjoyed this, you can go to Cote.show, and uh, I'll publish this in the podcast there. You can subscribe to it, and we'll, I'll post the audio version because really. You don't need the video, but, but anyways, do. yeah, and and uh, you know, so go to Cote Show and and you can subscribe to it there. And if you liked it and the other stuff, it'd be great if you went into iTunes or Overcast and wrote a review or hit the little recommended thing in Overcast. And it's good if you go to Twitter and share it with friends and what, things like that. Because all I want is millions of users. Can they find me on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. I should. I, I forget. What? Where are you located? I'm at Starbucks Man. S T R B U X M N. I'd love uh-huh. to hear from you as well. Yeah. And he's T E. Yeah. That, that's that's right. All right. Well, we'll see everyone next time.